Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for the seventh episode of the Not A Classroom podcast. My name is Kevin Foster, and today I'm meeting with my friend Noah. Noah is a writer, and he is currently working in the podcast industry, and we explore some topics about why we write and discipline and motivation in writing, eliminating barriers to creativity, and some stuff about having too many competing interests and not enough time, as well as tackling self-doubt and sort of questioning if your work is going to be any good or, I suppose, worth reading. But again, I'd like to start us off with a quick quote today, and this one is something that I read on the Camino de Santiago in Spain when I was hiking there. So here goes. The boat is safer anchored at the port, but that's not the aim of boats. Yeah, I, I think this quote is pretty relevant to the stuff we talk about in today's episode because, you know, sometimes it sort of feels like I'm holding myself back in port in different ways, and whether that be through doubts or not giving myself the time to succeed in different endeavors that I want to, but it's really hard to tell, so I think it's important for everyone to be patient with themselves, but keep trying to do things, and yeah, hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you. All right, so Noah, do you want to get us started by telling me a little bit about yourself, what you're up to right now? Yes. Uh, hello, everyone, <laughs> to our millions of listeners. I'm Noah. Let's see. I would say that I am a creative person. I like to make, uh, write stories. That's that's like my number one thing in life is that I want to find out how to be an engaging storyteller. and And so that's what led me to both fiction writing um, and podcasting, which is my day job. And um, I also do theater. Sweet. Yeah. The um, What made you want to be a writer? A writer. What makes me want to be a writer? Well, I would say that my main draw is to being a storyteller. And writing, I, I had this realization recently where, you know, I feel like a lot of writers have this they they pick up turns of phrases and they think of like oh that was such a good way to put this or they're yeah. witty and stuff and I'm I don't so much think about like writing in that regard well, I'm trying to get better at it because I do want to write stories and stuff but yeah for me it's all about the story it's all about creating characters that people actually care about and I just think there's so something so magical about when you sit down to watch a story and you're introduced to these characters that you knew nothing about an hour ago this is a movie or listening to a podcast or yeah. even reading a book or whatever you didn't know anything about these people and suddenly you're crying over them you're <laughs> empathizing you're thinking about your own life it's like just such this magical thing and i want to be able to create that magic is yeah. the best way to put it okay i think that's that's a very well put concise way to say it i i remember an old in like one of my like high school film classes we watched it might have been that class. Like it was um we watched this little video I, I can't remember what director it was it might have been like jj abrams or something but they were talking about like how as like a writer director creative person you have like kind of this box or something and you're trying to like create magic or wonder out of it or something <laughs> maybe there might have been somebody from i might be confusing it with a pixar writer but they were saying like that's kind of the point is trying to make somebody feel something i guess magical or something yeah. whatever but yeah yeah 
And there's, yeah, there's always something that's, you can't really describe of that from that process. So there's this, that spark that yeah. like you can work on the craft as much as you want, but that spark is like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's all about. It's funny you talk about the like witty pieces of banter mm-hmm. or something with it where I, cause I think from my writing, I, I, I think it probably is a stems from watching a lot of movies growing up yeah. and kind of trying writing formally first in more of a screenwriting context is I tend to do a bit better. I feel like I do better with dialogue, but the, um, or I, I, I think if I, maybe not better per se, but a, I get a better flow out of writing dialogue for some reason. It's just so much easier for me to just like run down pages with what I feel like is more interesting versus I, I get held up sometimes with other stuff. With like description or yeah. action, that kind of thing. Yeah. Action, sometimes I can do well, I think, but the, the, for some reason, like description, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm not. It's funny because I feel like I'm a visual learner, but I don't. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. Piecing that together somehow. But. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, I would love, I feel like TV shows are kind of like where it's at right now. Like the, yeah. if, if I had an aspiration of like, if that was within reach for me and I felt like I could just go for it and be a TV writer, I would totally do that. That's like the dream. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, or features or whatever, like if I'm yeah. dreaming, <laughs> might as well go for the gold or whatever. But yeah, I, I think the TV show writers get more creative control. Yeah. And I think like, but I'm writing, I'm trying to write this book because it's important to me to have something that I can finish on my own mm-hmm. and have complete control over. And that I actually yes. have the resources to make, Agreed. you know, and I don't know. I'm not that. Yeah, that, that's what that's why I'm writing a, a book instead of a movie or a TV show. There's there's a really good video I watched about this guy talking about like, don't he's like, if you want to, like, get your ideas to the end of what it is you're making, he's like, don't be a screenwriter. He's like, he's like, that's he's like, you're lucky yeah. if you get like five percent of what yeah. you actually wanted. But you know, I think the I've seen other people who are like that are independent directors, and they're like, "Yeah, that's my goal with every project is just to get more and more of what I actually meant to be there sure. to be in the, in the end product." And right, I yeah, I think the it's funny you say with these like I feel like creating stories for people. I and with TV shows, that was the thing I was thinking about is having creative control. I. I've, I've literally I've been watching Adventure Time recently, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm getting into the later seasons. And I think something that was so interesting about that show was just how, for people who watched that growing up, that show grew up with you. Yep. And it that I I probably watched to like season five when I was a kid, and then I think I slowed down, and then now I'm back and I'm in season six, and I'm like the last couple of episodes, I'm like holy shit, like these are intense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like some of the stuff that happens. I'm like, oh my god! I, I, I'm like feeling it. I'm like, I, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> I should watch that show. That seems Pendleton Ward. I like a lot of his yeah. other stuff, and so I'm sure that I'd love that. He did Midnight Gospel as well with mm-hmm. Duncan Trussell, right? Yeah. And um, cartoon Hangover. Do you know about that? No, I don't. Know. It's it's like adult adventure time or adult oh, okay. cartoons essentially. Not, not adult cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Uh, it's basically Cartoon Network, but for adults. Gotcha. And um, uh, yeah, they they he does a series, Bravest Warriors, that I really like. Okay, um, I'll have to check it out. I I don't think 
from what I've heard about Adventure Time, I actually don't think it's as good. And it definitely like devolves or dissolves over time, but it's a good one. I like it. Adventure Time for me has been it for a while it was a little bit hard to get back into because it's like I've seen so many of those beginning episodes sure. so many times. It's like seeing like a SpongeBob rerun or something. But and they're they're not necessarily made for where I'm at in life, but I feel like in a weird way now, even though it's like I watched an episode recently, I was like, this is the most like middle school episode I've ever seen in my life. But yeah. I was like, oh my God, like I'm so invested in this because I'm like I can remember these like it was like a nostalgia and yeah well i think there's something to be said for like the fact that you're so distanced from being in middle school but you have this top-down view of it where you're like i know everything that happened to me in middle school yeah whereas when you're going through it you're like surrounded by it you're not necessarily like i don't know there's something special about writing stories and consuming stories about things that you've already experienced yeah and things you're experiencing in the moment yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I think I get what you're saying. Like, it's that having that. That's actually an interesting question I had for my one of my writing professors at one point was like, he kind of told me to just go for it. But I also was like, are there things that you want to write that actually would make more sense to write retrospectively instead of trying to do it right now while right. you're experiencing it? I, yeah. I think that goes both ways. I think like I have, I almost, I like have projects that I'm, working on that I am in a weird way I feel like I'm afraid that if I don't do them right now it won't work hmm. which I, that's, <clears throat> I mean I think it would but I think it involves some acting and I'm like I think if I'm not in the headspace that I'm in right now I won't I don't know that I can perform how I want right but I like I think I could probably do it, but I don't know if it would work as genuinely as it does. But I have no idea. I th- I think I think there's an argument for both. Like the whole Joel Sorry. Haver thing where he like yeah. is going through his dad's death. Do you have you watched that one? No, I haven't. There, but I should. Pretend that you love me is what it's called. Oh, that's okay. It's I really good. I think I started it, but I I didn't finish it. But he literally has himself like talking at his dad's funeral in the fictional movie that's not fictional and i don't know it's just like yeah he was going through it and he still anyway i just think that there's something special about having reflected on a period of time in your life and once you've thought about it a lot and like really have fully formed thoughts about all the experiences that you went through yeah and i think it's important to still have an like remember enough of like what that felt like Mm -hmm. um well also having all the reflected thoughts on it because I mean, and I think part of it is that I'm kind of a planner when it comes to stories. And so yeah. I like to know kind of more or less where the story's going. And I feel like it's hard for, to write a satisfying character arc when you're like, I don't know how this ends. Like I'm going through it right now. Yeah. I get you. I think that's, I think that's somewhat what I'm struggling with with a lot of my stuff is, um, I think that's what, like, I feel like I can build character well through dialogue, but I have, I, I'm experimenting with projects that I am wondering if that's going to be like my problem if I don't plan more. Cause I have this, oh, sorry. the, um, I have this issue where I don't think I plan a ton with my writing. I like to get like a general idea and then kind of go from there. And that's, I think in some way, I think with certain short stories, it actually can work really well. Um, and I can 
but like that usually meet i think it, with the ones where it works really well sometimes it's like i have a planned arc for where i want this to go and then i get ideas throughout but yeah i i don't know the um i i guess the one of the more overarching questions i have for you is did you always feel like you were a creative person or do you i mean you seem like now you do i i think so yeah i think that I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know other people's experiences well enough, but I feel like most kids are pretty damn creative. Like yeah. if you sit them down with crayons and a paper, then they'll draw something, you know? <laughs> um, and in some ways I feel like that's always the goal for artists is to go back to that childlike joy of creating, or at least that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, ever since I was a kid, I was plunking around on the piano i was drawing shit i was like I, I would make these like powerpoint presentations where there's like it's like very crude animation essentially oh my god there's stick figures walking around and then <laughs> iMovie projects and like yeah everything that i could get my hands on i would be trying to make shit with yeah um and i was writing too i was writing since like fourth grade so Dang. i feel like okay. it's been a yeah pretty pretty creative life though yeah. I, I the crippling fear is always like, but what have I actually finished? Like, yeah. And it's that's always like, ugh. That's a big big question for later on, I think, for me. Yeah. The the idea of finishing something larger is on my mind a lot right sure. now. The um but that's it's funny you say that because I think my experience with creativity was odd. It, maybe not I actually I wouldn't say odd I just think that maybe like different like in some ways where it's like I felt like for a large portion of my life I'm I either didn't feel creative or I was um heavily discounting my creativity like I was working on like YouTube skits doing theater camp like I I felt like I really enjoyed like writing for English and different things but um so like very analytical, but I always felt like I was more of a math person for a long time. And I don't know, that feels like it had a bit of an odd adverse effect on how I felt about my creativity. And I don't know if that has put a certain level of pressure on it or maybe like sometimes I maybe overanalyze what I'm doing with it, but it's, I definitely don't think I really felt like a creative person until maybe college. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even not even in at least into a little bit into college. Well, and to some extent, you have to wonder like how important is it to put a label on it in True. the first place. It's True. like I don't know. I like making shit. Like I don't need to be a creative person. I just need to. I don't know. As long as you're having fun with it, yeah. No, yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah. Or as long as you're getting anything out of it at yeah, all, exactly. it's like then just do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I. Yeah, I think there are a million reasons to. How do I put this? I just don't think that second guessing yourself too much gets you anywhere when it comes to creative stuff. Like, it's just like, okay, I want to do this, so just do it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think lowering those barriers can be, probably from what I've been experiencing recently, some of the best things you can do. Yeah. Just making things easier on yourself somehow, like, is... Yeah, I'm too hard on myself about some stuff and that actually, as much as I'm like, oh, well, this will make me better. It's like, actually, it's just stopping me from doing things. It's just like the main thing I need to do. But it's something, okay, from what I've gathered, it seems like you're way more prolific than I am creatively. Like, 
for whatever reason, I feel like I'm, I don't second guess myself that much. It's literally just a question of like motivation and like being lazy and just be like, eh, I don't feel like running right now. <laughs> and it's like, or there's that I used to, I would say that I, I went through a period of time where I was so much a perfectionist about my story that like literally I'd sit down for an hour and I'd write maybe 200 words. Like I'd write a paragraph in an hour and, um, it's gone against every instinct in my body to be like, no, just, just write, like try even try to race the clock, like try to write a thousand words in an hour. And like, yeah, that's how you get better because yeah. And it's realizing that, um, experienced writers are able to sit down and write things off the cuff that are like pretty good. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just curious as to what a more experienced author's process is like. I, I mean, I think for me, the thing that this kind of comes down to is that I I feel like my writing is a not so or I, I'm tr- I try to make my writing as much as I can not a uh, motivation thing but like a discipline thing yeah which is I, I think the problem that I have with that is that it sometimes will s- sort of um, it feels like it will screw up some of the creative process sometimes like i'm you know like i i do think there's something to be said about like when you don't want to write like forcing yourself to write something it's like can sometimes actually get something done but it doesn't always produce the desired effect i think and i i guess like the another thing connected to that is how do you how do you feel when uh, like somebody tells you like you don't need to write if you don't want to yeah the, like the script notes thing that i say yeah, yeah. That, that guy that was an interesting article for me because i think parts of it i was like yes this makes a lot of sense like if you if writing isn't like your thing you don't have to make it mm-hmm. thing but i also for me i think there's like something about a lot of like a, a decent amount of the days that i'm writing are not gonna like feel amazing or like until i get like a certain past a certain wall on that day it's not going to be my favorite thing but if i do it i feel better and i i think it's it's a confusing spot for me because it's like i guess i do have other hobbies going on as well so i'm like i could focus on that i've been trying to balance a bit better but i think that sort of discipline versus motivation thing is something that's always yeah confusing to me that article was less of like if you don't enjoy the writing process you shouldn't write and it was more like i th- i definitely think i had it in my head of like i'm like don't don't um you don't have to chalk this up to more than it is like you can yeah 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 there was something like magical about or like how do i put it there's something almost ethereal about writers to me. I was like, yeah, looking at them as too high up on their thing. And it's like, no, it's just yeah. a skill. It's yeah. just like any other skill. It's like woodworking or whatever. Yeah. Like, and it's so easy to be like, oh, these guys are creative geniuses and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I think with the stories and like stuff in the mind, there's such a cult of personality around. I'm not using that right. There's such a, person there's such a there's such a focus on individual create like creators and artists and i think that that 
harmed me because I was like, I want to be one of those special people. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to force myself to write because then someday I might be this special thing or whatever. And I was like, no, those guys aren't floating two inches above the earth. Like, because they're that oh so genius or whatever. It's just like, no, they're, they took the time to get good at a skill, just like any other skill. And there's nothing different about it. If you want to get good at it, go get good at it. Yeah. But don't get so in your head about, yeah, that ephemeral thing that yeah i don't know i think i had a similar experience with um when i had for a while i wanted to be in film and like work in film but i i think there was a a certain point where i realized you, you sent me the joel haver video that i think that i actually think the first time i watched that i got a lot of good stuff at the for the for context this video is largely talking about how discouraging the film industry can be to be in and how many factors are like there to discourage you like even me when I'm trying to work on projects now like trying to figure out like even just what picture profile like how the colors pop on your screen like there can be so many different things going on there that people are like you have to do it this way or this way and it's like sometimes it's better to just go shoot something which I've found to be the case that yeah but the um I, I actually, when I first watched that video, I think I totally misinterpreted it. I like, and I, I, I took it as like a, oh, I don't really want to be in the film industry. And I kind of just stopped doing anything relative to that. But then I think the point was more so like, stop worrying about being in the film industry and yeah. like, just go do stuff if you enjoy doing it. Yeah. And that was, I think a really solid message, but then also at the same time, I sort of, I think I, I, I realized along with that video that too much of my mind was stuck on this idea of being a filmmaker and like making it in the filmmaking industry. And I'm probably to some extent being like famous to a regard, but then I, the, I think I realized at some point that I, I was like wanting to make stuff to say something Mm -hmm. when I or like um I was yeah I think kind of wanting to make stuff to say something when I would much rather have something to say and then make something to like portray that like I didn't necessarily have what I wanted to say in a medium yet it's so there's so many things you can overthink about writing like yeah as far as like is this topical enough to like pitch to somebody and like is i mean in filmmaking i think there's even more things to overthink because there's the shooting there's the lens there's the colors there's the whatever it's like yeah and with writing i definitely get in the headspace where i'm like do i have something to say is this authentic enough am i copying from other people am i you know um like there's so many just process questions and like Am I writing from the right place right now? Like, yeah. And um, I don't really know the solution to that. I think, I mean, I think the the best way that I can put it in a space that's slightly healthier, I think, is that I have ideas that I'm really excited about yeah. and I want to see them executed. Yeah. And that's why I write. Yeah. Does that mean that when you get t- like you get tired of something you're writing, do you push through that or do you stop? Or do you get tired? Do you not get tired of stuff you're working on? Um, 
I think it depends on the thing. I mean, the real answer is I probably stop in most cases, but um, I think that I have one idea, the idea for my book. I have, I have a bunch of ideas that I have persisted for a while, but the idea for this book, I like forced myself to set it aside because I wasn't getting anywhere with it. And I was like in college and there were too many other things to work on. And it just kept coming back. Yeah. And so, and when I graduated college and I finally had time again, I tried to write this other story and it just became the story that I had in my head from before. And I was like, at a certain point I got to the place where I was like, you know what, I'm either going to write this or it's going to chase me around for the rest of my life. But like, (laughs) it, it would make me so depressed if I was like, even 30 years old or at the end of my life or whatever. And I never executed this idea that's been chasing me around for forever. Yeah. So I think that if I do get tired of this idea, um, which I don't think is likely because there's a lot of stuff that I've workshopped for long enough that I'm really excited about it. Yeah. But if I do get tired of this idea, I think that that will be how I push through is like, you know what? If I set this aside, I already tried that and it's just going to come back. That's, that's, very similar to the writing advice I talked about on here before from my professor just talking about writing in general how it's like you can once you have that itch or the spark to do it it's you can either keep trying to put it off and deal with it that way or you can just do it and learn like that's in a way that's yeah. kind of the easy way is to just keep trying to write or keep writing and yeah the yeah I don't know I think that that kind of proved to be telling advice for me considering what I've been doing recently, I feel like, but that just trying to write a lot. Like it's something that I feel like I will lose the habit and then I will get back into it. And then yeah. the I'm trying to my best to hold on to it though, because I think it's been good. But I guess you're so you're working in a creative industry with podcasting. Do you I, this might be kind of a stupid question, but like, do you feel like you're sort of making it where you want to be with that, or is it um, you've made, or are you just happy to be in that place, like working on that? It's complicated. I think my job right now is not my ideal like creative environment because it's honestly just not a lot of things that I'm that interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm well, okay. The Last of Us has been great because it's not too creatively draining. I just get to watch a tv show and like write questions for the creators which is yeah. like i would love to make that my career that that's awesome yeah. yeah i mean even it, like yeah because i get to learn from what they're saying and i really get to i listen in depth to their conversation and edit it together and yeah you know that show has been awesome and i love it and i got into podcasting because i liked narratives and i yeah. wanted to make narrative podcasts and come to find out the business side of narrative podcasts is like why would we invest in this show that's going to take two years to make and get the same following as a chat show that yeah. takes a week to make an episode? So it's like, yeah. well, that makes sense. Like the output <laughs> is just anyway, uh, it basically financially, it doesn't make sense to make narrative podcasting shows. They just do it for awards and stuff. And that makes your, you know, brand look better. Mm-hmm. That's why narrative shows kind of exist or get funded. Um, Sorry, that's kind of a tangent. No, you're good. Anyway, all this to say, with the other show that I'm working on, it's a chat show, and there's definitely space for creativity, um, but it I have to fake so much interest in pop culture for that show. Yeah. Uh, 
because it's not a lot of stuff that I'm interested in. I really don't buy into celebrity culture that much. Like I'm just not invested yeah. in it. And so a lot of my time is spent just like researching celebrities and seeing what other people have to say about them. And mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a funny thing I can say about Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever. And that's like not not as fun to me. And yeah. uh, that's been kind of a source of um, more anxiety and stuff. Yeah. All in all. Anxiety. What do you mean? <laughs> well, anxiety because I want to do a good job on it. And I feel like I'm not a pop culture geek. And so it's harder to engage. Yeah. I have to force it if I ever want to. But yeah, that's kind of a lesson in this whole podcasting space is if I'm working for a company and getting that steady income, then you don't have that much control over what you get to work on. You kind of get assigned to whatever show they need you at and you just have to do it no matter what it is. Um, And so I would say I love podcasting when it's about stuff that I'm interested in and I don't love podcasts. I like creative projects that you're getting paid for that you're not interested in are like the devil for me. Yeah. Like they are the worst. I had a podcast before that I wasn't into. Oh my God. It just eats you inside because it yeah. takes up all your creative energy. You're never not thinking about it. Yeah. It's not a positive thing to be thinking about. And then you're fucked when you go to write later. Oh, <laughs> writing's out of the question. You yeah. don't write when you have this big yeah. deadline on your hands. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's bad. It's, I feel like that's kind of why I dropped out of my program and or like switched to a different program in school was because i was just like these are not the creative projects i want to be working on and i was like i was actually doing more right. creative stuff when i was not in this program that yeah. was supposed to be designed around this which is so counterintuitive because you'd think like oh if i can find something adjacent like there's the whole thing about creative stuff and financial stability yeah and it's like oh the things that i love doing don't you don't get paid for them basically yeah. like and so i think that i would have more space to write if i was like a bricklayer or something and i was just doing something very <laughs> like mind-numbing and even when i was firefighting i would just be thinking about my story all day like we would, yeah all the other guys hated gritting and it was like about the most menial stuff you can do yeah and i loved it because i just think about the garden all day yeah which is my story i i feel like i've been lucky with some of the work that I've done where I've kind of just had probably more creative control than I should have been given in some scenarios. Like That's cool. Just in like our old theater stuff, I was just like taking over making videos and things. Like that was, it was just kind of, yeah, I was just kind of like make, it was just, I guess just kind of make whatever I you wanted with yeah. people. And like, it, it. I think that was a good introduction to creativity. I think I don't know. I think that it brings up this sort of odd dynamic between creativity and success and what does success mean in creativity. Sure. I think I remember being in San Francisco to see my sister and I saw this book in a bookstore called Small Potatoes and it was this whole like kind of cartoony book that was talking about how the average creator will be a small potato like no one or most people will not discover them or like in various even depending on how good they are maybe but it, it's still like talked about like you should promote your own stuff and like work on these different things and i thought it was interesting but i think i i question to me what it what it, it makes me question what my reason is for for writing and for doing creative projects yeah. and just do i want to be like successful and 
the I've asked you this before, but the I think an interesting question is how much do you want to be great at this and why? Yeah. Um, well, I think that what you're talking about makes me think of like I had this conversation with myself when I was coming out of college um, where I was realizing like this is the wrong angle. No. The, the main thing that I think about this is that you have to set your goals within the boundaries of things that you can control. Yeah. Right. And you can control how many people see your work or, you know, what audience you end up finding or whatever. Like, and people who try to control that, I think, usually get steered in the wrong direction when they try to. I certainly have in the past. Yeah, yeah. Succumb to the audience's desires or whatever. Like, yeah. I could never write a story like that. Yeah. Um, so your goals should be within the boundaries of things you can control. To me, what I can control is being a great storyteller. Yeah. Right. Not, you know, yeah, not that my stories get a huge audience or whatever, but, mm-hmm. and so my priority is wholly just like be, I want to write the best story that I can. And to me, that's just an inherently worthy endeavor. Like if yeah. I could, if I, if I could get one person to read the garden and they're genuinely engaged and care about the characters and they gasp when the twist happens and whatever, then like, wow. Like I, I made that person feel something with yeah. my words. Like what an amazing gift that you have given them. And, um, and I think it'll be just so cool in decades forward where I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote a book in my twenties. Like I wrote a like epic yeah. fantasy book. Would I love to be successful and become a TV writer and study <laughs> actors that are on my payroll that are like in the set that was designed for my story? Like, of course I would. Of course I would. That would be amazing. And Neil Druckmann talks about that, the creator of yeah. The Last of Us. In the podcast, he was like, yeah, I was like in waiters on this set that I designed watching the actors like talking in the corner. And I was like, oh my God, like this was the highlight of my life. <laughs> and I listened to that and I was like, I'm so fucking jealous. Yeah, of man. that's so cool. At the same time, I think a part of my motivation comes from wanting to be great and wanting to be uh, an amazing TV writer or animation studio or whatever. And there's, like, I know how stupid it is, but there's this little grain of hope that will never, I think, as long as I'm a writer, will never stop hoping or truly believing that it's in within reach for me to yeah. be great, like, to be a great writer or Same. to be famous. There's Yeah, there's something. What is it? I Oh, I, I had a thought. I think I have to believe that. I think I have to believe that it's within the realm of possibility if I write an amazing, spectacular story that I could market it and get it out there somehow. Like, I think I have to believe on some level that that's within the realm of possibility, Um, even if it's foolish. Yeah. Well, I I had, I think I I had these, um, I had some conversations with people recently where I was just sitting down thinking about even not even necessarily from a success point of, or a, a numbers point of view, like actually getting out there. But I was talking earlier about like finishing a project and I'm just like, I don't even know if I could imagine how good of a feeling it would be to finish one of these larger projects I have and like go through the whole thing and be like, I am actually very proud of this. And like, I'm just so happy with right. what I, like, I'm like, if I get to the end of these things, I'm just like, wow I like I actually made that like that's 
oh man really cool like good like i think i've had that to an extent before but like i've i also sometimes have like i feel like a tendency to discount some of the things that i do but the um i think it, it there's a double-edged sword there though when you're you're you have this dream in the back of your head that somehow like one day things will click or like if i upload yeah. enough videos or if i write the right story at the right time that hits with people's yeah, yeah. mindset that i think do the when you look at your stuff that you're making and you see like maybe you don't have like the number like the views that you want do those numbers hurt to some extent even at least in the slightest like when you like if you don't have the viewership that you want on something well to be fair i haven't made that much stuff like on youtube that i can actually see the views yeah. or whatever um i mean honestly i've written a few short stories for like medium that were like flash fiction and i was surprised like i didn't expect anything from it and yeah. i got like a few comments that were like what a wonderful story yeah like oh the yeah. stranger read my story and liked it uh i i want to get back to this but i i have thoughts about this like paradox that you mm -hmm. came up with which is that getting to the finish line and getting making like this successful story is like part of what keeps me going right that vision of like oh and then i get rich and famous and everybody loves my story and whatever and but at the same time like if that were to actually happen like the role that this story plays in my life right now which is something that i can when my mind wanders and i'm falling asleep or when i'm walking around throughout my day or when i'm in the shower and I just get lost in my thoughts about this like happy little world that, or not happy little, but this like fant fantasy world that I've created. It's this lovely thing that I love to think about and and yeah. like play with. It's very much the childlike joy of playing, like I said. And so, like you said, if I ever actually got to the end of it and didn't get to think about it anymore, like that makes me sad. Yeah. But the reason why I'm working on it is because I want to finish it. And it's like, it makes me sad if I don't finish it too. So it's like- yeah. What have I gotten myself into, like, that I love working on this, but what keeps me working on it is wanting to finish it, but I also don't want to finish it because then it's over. I'm, I'm, I have this, I feel like right now I have a legitimate fear of not finishing some of the projects I'm working on right now. And Oh, me too, yeah. That's, I also think the paradox seems to relate to, in a way as well, to the idea of, like, you have this dream of getting famous or like making all the money getting in this realm of creativity but i i feel like you see maybe not maybe not in the creativity realm but you see a lot of people in different areas that will make it and they just completely lose what they're or like they, they lose a little bit what their drive was there's this one story of this boxer that i that i like he um he made it to become the heavyweight champion like beat this like relatively seemingly unbeatable guy and the guy this one guy asked him in an interview beforehand was like what are you gonna do like if you win he's like well i'll probably be really fucking depressed <laughs> and he's like what and he's like yeah like what do i do if i if i did my goal from like 10 years ago like yeah. what's the point like well i i think like yes. even he sprung back and like has continued to do really well but it's i think it's like that thing you're like you see this with all these different goals in life that people are chasing after something and then you get there and you're like oh that didn't like fix the thoughts yes. that i'm having or yeah yeah it's the success like paradox which people have said like 
Okay, there. I have a few thoughts. I think that there's post-project depression. Like, I think that that's like a huge thing. You finally get to the end of this thing that you've been working on for years. Like, can you imagine being J.K. Rowling and finishing the yeah. last Harry Potter and being like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> now, what do I think about? Yeah, this is my job every day, all day. Yeah. The second thing is, I think, in reality, being a showrunner, like I've described as like the dream or whatever, is in reality very stressful there's so much pressure on you to oh, yeah. get things on done on time and to be to make it good and if you don't get the viewers then whatever like there's consequences and so i think even the people who have these coveted positions like are really stressed out and then they don't get the creative freedom and playground and they probably fantasize about being a small time person again or whatever yeah. and i think that there's something to be said for having a fantasy that's like this the the fantasy that i have in my head of where this story can take me isn't even possible like yeah. there's no way for me to be this successful tv show runner and you know be successful and get my book out my story out to so many people or whatever and also be happy and not stressed out or have any pressure on me yeah but it still keeps me going and i just think that there's a space for having fantasies that yeah like won't come true and but that keep you going and make you happy to think about like i don't know i certainly think so i think it's something that i hold on to in a way and for better or worse at times i think it's the natural it's somewhat natural but i, I think it brings some spice to life and for a lack of a better word yeah it, but, i don't know i mean now that i mean like Maybe on some level I'm believing a lie or something or doing the thing that I've always despised about like religion and stuff where you have this fantasy in your head that you kind of know isn't true, but putting a lot of words in people who are religion in his <laughs> mouth right now. But, you know, when I did believe in like an afterlife and stuff, there's always that doubt of like, does this really make sense? And it's like, you know, you can just choose to believe like, hey, my grandma's in a better place right now or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, Maybe not. I don't know. But it makes me happy to think of that. What harm does it really do, I guess, in that respect? Yeah, it's which is complicated. I mean, yeah, I think there's a space for having that cognitive dissonance just to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think on the writing side of like something that I wonder about is, is, is the desire for attention a bad thing? Because I think... I've had experiences in my life where I feel like it, it can be a bad thing. And I maybe am sometimes critical of people who I get this feeling from. But I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I feel like I am doing this myself. Like I am seeing or getting this. I, I, I have this desire for attention that I'm chasing after to an right. extent. And yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But. No, totally makes sense. I have a lot of thoughts about like creating stuff to for validation and you know having people pat you on the back and say you're so smart or you're a genius or whatever like mm -hmm. i think that that i don't know i think it's complicated what are my thoughts on this can you ask the question one more time yeah it like do you i guess the general question is do you think the desire for attention is a bad thing for attention specifically i mean what, what I'm thinking right now is like about my love for theater and stuff and how good it feels when you like tell a joke and it lands <laughs> and the audience all laughs and they applaud and you're like, like I, I get a rush of just pleasure from that. Yeah. 
And to me, that's somewhat of a wholesome thing. Like, yeah. um, it's a transaction and you have entertained them and they applaud you for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time, like, there's, I'm trying to think of like what makes a show off a show off. Like, when does it become bad? Because I think it can be bad and it can be fine. Well, there's kind of a connection, uh, connected question to this that I think, or I, I would say it's connected. I think, so there's this sort of, metaphor that i saw or i heard about and i haven't read the fall by Camus, but i really want to um but there's i think it's it's largely about this guy's like reality breaking down and mm-hmm. he's like a lawyer stand-up person helps out people like i think his lo- lawyer stuff is like helping out other citizens and stuff and he but he has these like three moments that sort of break down his reality and i only remember one of them okay but um <laughs> So basically, there's this moment where he helps, I think he, it's essentially, I think he helps a blind man cross the street. And then after the blind man gets to the other side, he like turns and he either tips his cap to him or he waves to the blind man. And he just <clears throat> immediately after, or like, I think immediately afterwards, he's just like, what the hell was that? Like, why did I do that? And he just, even this small moment, like, just completely destroys this reality for him that he's like i am just like performing for everything i may, i might be missing the point there i'm i'm misremembering but that was oh yeah what rung true for me is like how much of this is just like it, it i think this is somewhat revolving around the idea of like how much you value truth or how but it, right the um <clears throat> i guess like does it feel does it feel like you're performing for people and i i think not to stray too much from the attention thing sure uh you mean in my writing or just in general like, i guess both sure in general yeah yeah i mean i think that there's definitely like this weird like i i think about my own pride and stuff and like you know i thought for a while i'm kind of am thinking about i have this turning point coming up where i have an end to my internship yeah in march 20th and i'm still figuring out what i want to do next and like i think a big part of me was like i just want to take some time off like i need some space to just work on my creative projects and like yeah see what comes of that and just really enjoying myself and there, the other voice is the practical one, which is like, no, you should save up as much money as you can when you're young and try to go up and up and up in your career. But I think the voice that won over on that is a voice of pride that's like, no, like I can't deal with the status of being unemployed. And like, I'm just working on, like, I can't deal with, like, and that was, I was so desperate to get a job right out of college because I was like, if I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just and I, I'm like, why is that so bad? Like, and it like truly bugs me a little bit when people are paid more than me or whatever. And like, there's there's a level of status to that that I'm like, this is all bullshit. And why do I care about? It? This is not the direction I thought this would be no, okay. as far as intention goes. But yeah, I get this like weird, and it's truly just me judging myself. It's not anything that I think about and like apply to. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> it's just weird yeah it's it's like i mean that that, that to me is a performance i don't i care about myself i would say no, yeah. but there's a part of me that's like if i'm not going up and up and up and getting more ambitious podcasting jobs then what am i doing and like yeah. 
Dude, that's, that's yeah. Even when I'm like looking at jobs between like going into podcasting and stuff or trying to do something in the creative realm, I'm like, well, I did get this econ degree. If I don't like go do like economics research, like what am I doing? And I, I try to fight that off and just do whatever, like, or I like I'll p- apply to something if it feels right. And the, I, I think I, it was very, it was a very hard decision for me to not necessarily look for a job like right after school. Cause I like went on a trip to Europe and yeah. that, probably produce some of the best memories in my life and i think i'm sure people have the ability to do it it's like i highly recommend taking a break but yeah i i don't even then i had a lot of things going for me like i got out of school early Mm -hmm. and had like money left over from like luckily having family that had money like me too yeah and it so was i had the time to go do this thing and i understand a lot of people would not have that opportunity and that sucks but the the um i think for me it is definitely a weird experience and i was i was honestly surprised at my ability to just be like fuck that i'm not gonna think about working i actually yeah. had someone basically specifically tell me before that had done something like this before going to grad school mm-hmm. they were like don't fucking think about getting a job while you're on a trip Ugh, like that yeah. like And I actually think I was surprised at how well I did with that, but it certainly had its ups and downs still, but just, I think there, there is a weird status of being unemployed. There's, um, I even saw it in the, there's that, you know, Theranos, the health company that like, they're this big health company that got like shut down and it's a huge fraud case and they just to the the CEOs base or CEO and CFO or whatever basically just got like convicted and are being sentenced for things. But the um one of the guys that was working there, I think this there was a show called The Dropout on Hulu where they were basically speculating that this guy didn't leave his job because he he was like even though it was miserable and right. they had like moved him out of like removed him from the ethical problems of it that he felt so bad about the idea of becoming unemployed that he didn't leave and he i think he killed himself oh my god yeah like it, yeah but not to be incredibly morbid sorry but no it's all good the yeah i don't know i it's it's weird how pride will hold up in certain area or hold us up in yeah. certain areas and so weird and it's like what is life all about really yeah. Like, what do I want to look back on and be like, I experienced this? Do I want to be holed up in my apartment writing shit that I don't care that much about and, like, for hours on end? Or do I want to... And that's not fiction writing. That's writing for the podcast. That That's what I mean by that. Yeah. But And I had this moment where I was like, I haven't been outside all day today. Or, like, all week, really. Like, yeah. I've just been holed up. And I went outside. I'm like, when's the last time I went for a walk in the woods? Like, goddamn. Like, yeah. And... I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts on that. I'm a, I'm also so desperate for that trip to Europe yeah. too. Like I want to go travel for months and stuff. I went on a backpacking trip this summer and I met like three actuaries that were doing the full PCT. Oh my god! Like, they're like all like accountants and That's stuff. So and funny. Like, this is wild. They're, they're like, yeah, man, I don't want to go back. <laughs> of course they don't. Yeah. But that, I. Yeah, there's definitely a war in me right now of like stability versus stability sure. and like yeah. And just fucking being in my 20s and enjoying myself and going and learning and experiencing shit. There's the economic theory on like what to do with your money in your 20s is very confusing because they talk about how 
that like the people talking about, oh, like you get so much more benefit out of saving right now because of compounding interest, but you also being like your twenties is like the best time to take out debt. Like, <laughs> like, because it's, you have longer periods of time. I think you have longer periods of time to pay it off. And you also have like, I don't actually know the reasoning fully for that. I'm forgetting what. Well, the... and if you invest in real estate and stuff, then would be what I th I'd think. If you take out a loan and put it on a house. Yeah. Then... And it was just like, you, you have more mobility when you're young and there's more time to recover. It, yeah. It's, it's just like, it's a time when you probably shouldn't be spending more money of your, or, or more percentage of your higher percentage of your income. But also, I don't know, it's confusing, but the, I think we, we've been kind of, I wouldn't say beating around the bush with this idea, but I think with, I do think about like why I write a lot. And some of the ideas that I have are, it's, I, I've talked about, Trent and I went to see Banshees of Inish Sharon, and there's this guy who talks about being remembered and he's like, maybe we're just performing for ourselves or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I, there's part of me that thinks it's that. And then I think, sometimes we're talking about being great we're even talking about being great or good at writing and like sometimes it's just like it feels like a challenge to me but then there's also an element of like i think this is probably the one for me that's more true is like the kind of the internal joy of doing creative things yeah. and i i really want to read um flow there's a it's a psychology book right that i can't it's, it's like Mikali something i don't know wrote it but it's it's like a I, I really think writing is one of those things where I'm more frequently able to get into that like flow state. Mm. And I think that's sometimes maybe at like a biological level, what kind of gets me, but I just, I just think that there's like infinite reasons to write. Like True. But also the less you hang on it, the less that you, ex you want back from your writing. I think the, the less like, how do I put this? The less you hang on your writing or your story, the less you need, the less high quality you need it to be, I guess. Like, if you need your story to be the thing that, you know, the defining moment of the 21st century or whatever, and, like, <laughs> then suddenly there's so much expectations placed on it that no, none of your words are going to yeah, look right. When the hell are you going to write? Yeah, that? exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're, and every, you're second-guessing everything, and it's like, yeah. no, just, just, I mean, I, I think that you're spot on with the, like, just write for the creative joy of writing. Yeah. And if you get to a place where you're like, I don't like writing right now, so what's the point if it, all I'm doing is for enjoyment? I mean, I guess I guess that's what you're trying to say is that that's the problem with just writing for enjoyment is then when you don't enjoy it anymore, does that mean that it's all pointless? I don't know. I think that it's just like... You're participating in a craft and you're trying to get better at it. And that's something that people have been doing since humanity existed is like yeah. trying to tell stories to each other to entertain themselves. And what's so bad about that? It can be, I think to me, it, even at the most base level, even if I'm not enjoying some part of it, it's like, it can be, if anything, a meditative practice. Yeah. And there's something about trying to master something that is very... Oh, yeah. Seems... You know, like, and you could you could be a nihilist, like, still, I feel like, probably be like, well, I kind of weirdly feel good doing this for some reason. Oh, it's like, amazing. Why not? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, 
that was the big draw to piano for me it was like mm. um i wanted to get really good at piano for a while and like um just be able to effort, sit down and effortlessly you know whatever like play this g- gorgeous music and stuff and just i think the appeal was there's something magical or okay i'm using the word magical too much i think the <laughs> appeal was that your time is literally more valuable as a more experienced person. Like, does that make sense? I, I've heard theories a lot. The, I like the Bertrand Russell idea that um, there's nothing more enjoyable than like engaging with skills or knowledge that you have learned or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, and playing a piano piece that you've learned front and back feels amazing, you know? Yeah. And being able to sit down and just your muscles take over and you don't even have to try at that point. You're just great at it. And imagine if like you could improvise like that on piano and or yeah. get to the point where you're just it's just like speaking or walking like that that just must feel great. Yeah. I don't know. And so but I had to I felt like I had to give up piano actually because I was like I want to get really serious about storytelling and yeah. this is if I try to split myself in all these different directions then it's not going to go anywhere. What what do you think in that context like is that because you talked to me about, was it your uncle or My your grandpa? grandpa yeah. yeah, that that told you about the regret of not focusing on one thing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm like really trying to fight that idea, but I also reckon I'm like, okay, I have multiple projects going on right now that I would love to finish one of them. Like, literally right now i'm like with some with one thing i'm working on I'm like what if i what would happen if i just took a like fuck whatever else i'm doing and just took a full day and was like this is the like this is this and eating are the only things i'm going to do right today it's like what would i end up with by the end of the like would i just be done like i, I, I with something i literally could be done with it potentially but yeah i have thoughts about forcing yourself to write and all that stuff but i also have thoughts about like I, I think it just depends on what you're going for. I think that there are a lot of skills that benefit each other by being good at multiple things. Like if you're yeah. good at script writing and you're good at cinematography or and you're good at whatever, or like and songwriting and stories dovetail into musicals and you know, so yeah. they're and they help each other out. And at a certain point, you know, you start to realize how similar different arts are you know like i think that music and stories are all about manipulating tension for example yeah and so and getting really good at or understanding the process of writing a story and understanding the process of writing a song like there's so many similarities similarities between those and so i think that there's a way for your interests to kind of compound and become their own thing because yeah you have dedicated so much time to multiple things at once it was more just for me, like, I, I, but I, at the same time, I think that there are times when you have to realize, like, these two things are really at odds with each other. Like, yeah. if I want to get good at specifically, like, piano playing and, like, being a technically gifted instrument, like, musician or, like, on your instrument, that's, that's very different from storytelling. And at, at a certain point, I was like, if I want to spend the hours and hours it takes to be good at piano, then I'm going to have to give up some of this stuff. And so it was like, um, can I ask you what I would consider a dark, semi-dark question? Sure, sure, yeah. Do you ever feel like that's the case with like your writing and having like financial stability? Hmm. 
are like like living <laughs> a job or like yeah relationships with people like all that stuff yeah i yeah. um i wouldn't say that i think that necessarily but i think it yeah. certainly is like harder i i fortunately i think that i've gone to a place with the garden where if i set in like well, now that I say this, I'm like, well, did I write the all last week though? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so in December, I finally got to the point where I was writing consistently and I was writing like 4,000 words a week, which is damn. Wait, 4,000 words a week. No, 4,000 words a month. I wrote 4,000 words in the entire month of December. <laughs> it wasn't very much at all, but I was like, at least I wrote consistently. Not bad. Consistently. Um, I was writing 1,000 words a week. And then I got to the point at the end of the month where I was like, I am spending like an hour a day on writing and I'm only writing like 200 words each session. And then I set a timer and just raced the clock and tried to write a thousand words. And the quality was the same between. Yeah. I think I've told you about this before. Yeah. Anyway, knowing that I can write a thousand words in an hour and it's decent writing, I'm like, okay, I really should be able to have a job, have my relationships with people, like have time for fun sure. and everything yeah. and just write one hour every day. And that's a thousand, if I wrote a thousand words every day, like, bro, my book would be done in like a month or two months or whatever. Like, uh, I write 30,000 words in a month, I think. And uh, that, or it'd be three months for the first draft. And I'm like, that's where it's at. Like, yeah. or even having focused writing this. But- I think that there's a way to balance your time. I think plenty of people have had full careers and relationships that are successful yeah. while also writing a book. Well, I think there's a good um, Kurosawa video that I watched, the guy who made Seven Samurai. He he has this thing where he's talking about young filmmakers and why they need to write. And he's like, even if you, like, even if you could, like, he's talking about people who spend all day doing this. He's like, you, if you spend all day, even if you have a shit day, you probably will have like at least like one to three solid pages by the end of the day. Yeah. And like, I think like I've been trying to write about 250 words a day. Recently I've been ha dividing it a bit more mm -hmm. with trying to do other projects at the same time. But yeah. I had a really good November where I wrote, I think almost 20,000 words, but then like we, we were doing, we were talking about doing the November writing. Yeah. Chat, not, not, you know, right, not. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to help people write 50,000 words in a month. Like that. Yeah. Holy shit. But as I was like, I got to shrink that down. So I don't feel like shit every day when I oh, hit yeah. the goal. But I, I don't know. I, I guess like, is that sort of like what your writing process looks like? Is you just set a timer and you sit down yeah. do it? Yeah. That's, that's what it's gotten to. Yeah. Um, that's, and understand that I have not perfected any kind of writing process for myself because right now I'm probably like, yeah, I I could go on for hours about my journey with the garden and how I didn't know how to write it all. I think I'm finally coming to a point where I know how to do this. Yeah. Which is don't restart when you have a new idea. That's rule number one because that's what I've done for years and I never got anywhere with it. Yeah. Um. So whatever happens, even if you have a new idea, just add it in, put it in the parentheses and keep moving. Um. And the second part is if I'm not writing at least a thousand words a week, that's like bare minimum, then the story is going to change too much. And there's there's overdoing it on the incubation stuff where you just have the story in your head and you're thinking about it in the shower and whatever. And if 
that happens for too long, then the story just ends up going in a million different directions. Yeah. Never. But I think I've gotten to a good place with the garden. I just need to get back into writing consistently. And a big threshold for me was finally figuring out what the story's about and like what it actually could say about stuff. And I'm like, oh, like that's actually stuff that I could show in anyway. No, I get what you're saying. Figuring out what I think to me, figuring out what you're gonna say, what yeah, thematically, I suppose is is an important thing for me. Yeah, and you know, I think that there's so many pitfalls when you're thinking about theme. Like, for example, I would never sit down and say, like, I'm gonna write a story about like how love can be dangerous, and then just like come up with the story after that. Yeah, I don't think I, no. I don't think I've ever really done it that way either. No, you come up with the idea first, and you're like, what? what could I say with this story? You know, like what? And for me, it was finding out that there's like a ton of like cults and weird controlling relationships in the garden. And it, and then there's also this question of determinism that's in it as well. I'm like, Oh, this is a story about self-control and like having control over your own actions. And it's like, these are things that I can inherently just blend into the story. It doesn't have to be like, this big PSA or whatever, but I'm naturally going to explore it with this story. Yeah. And that helped me know like what to lean into hmm. when I'm writing my scenes and stuff. Yeah. I think figuring, figuring out those details to me seems kind of like sometimes I, I think I will sometimes have the ability to expand on a project a lot more if I figure those out really early. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will, it will take me like a significant chunk of time of writing something or like working on a project to actually figure out what it is I'm saying with yeah. it. But sometimes that actually works out pretty well. But sometimes the subconscious just does it for you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I didn't realize why I was leaning into all these ideas or why they fit together so well. But like, that was probably part of it was that they all kind of fit into the same idea. I think a lot of what I'm doing right now is sort of tackling a lot of like self-doubt stuff mm. and that's or that's the undercurrent i think in things and yeah that's probably a lot of what i'm going through right now with a lot of projects and things but wh- wh- why do you think you second guess yourself so much um i do think it kind of some part of it ties back to like i said i didn't feel like i was a creative person until mm-hmm. the last 10th or maybe a little more of my life and Mm -hmm. um so i think i i have a hard time like kind of just tying back to certain things that i maybe enjoy because i did i don't know i mean i think i did some of these things when i was a kid but i have a hard time like finding a way back to that like trail of doing things i i think some of it is i i think the self-doubt stuff is in some ways in, in, I guess infecting other area in in other areas of my life right now. But I I think I'm managing surprisingly well. But at the same time, I I mean I guess something I wanted to talk about was just I I think some part of me is definitely I think a lot of people have this. Some people are afraid to share their writing with people in some contexts, and I. Part of that for me is like I didn't re- I don't have a lot of like formal writing experience with like mm-hmm. I didn't take I took like two writing classes in college and one of them I loved and the other one I liked I the other one it was like I don't know if I liked the end product but I still enjoyed sure. being in the community and it was screenwriting and but I like 
I think it's, I get worried that like sharing it with people break down my internal joy of it. But then at the same time, I, I, I did tell myself at one point, like, I think it was in November when I was writing a lot. I'm like, okay, this is something I legitimately want to get better at. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I need to actually like give this to somebody at least when it's like finished. Right. And cause I'm like, I'm in the novella length area right now with something I'm working on. And mm. I think I know some of the bigger flaws with it, but I think it, a lot of it does is kind of a long winded answer because there's a lot of factors in it, right. I think, but I think a lot of it does kind of come back to that idea that I don't know if too much of my motivation is focused on, am I good at this? Like, it, like I, I, there was something I, yeah, I question a lot of the time if my stuff is good. Sometimes I will reread something and right. be like, wow, that was actually pretty damn good. And mm -hmm. then other times I'll read the thing that I wrote on the first day of this month and I delete it because it right. was so bad. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this is trash. The, um, no, normally I don't actually delete stuff. It, that was just a uniquely shit piece. But <laughs> the, um, I like, and that was one that I'm like, you know, I, it was just not, I spent maybe 30 minutes writing something and then I realized that it was not the vision that I wanted. And I, I think part of that actually did kind of come from the fact that like you were saying, I started a little bit more in the thematic right. area. And when I try to write thematic stuff mm -hmm. and like add context to it and something it does not usually turn out as well as if I just write like I, I really liked um there was this one love story from Raymond Carver that I read in like high school oh yeah and it's I've always loved the idea of kind of writing something in that what story was it I think it was called um what we talk about when we talk about yeah love. I was about to say that story yeah that one I was like I've always thought about it'd be fun to try and write something kind of in a similar context mm -hmm. and but I'm like, I think with something like that, a lot of the time, I think too much about executing a purpose with mm. it when I'm like, you know, maybe if I just started writing, I actually enjoy and I feel like I flow enough with dialogue writing that yeah. if I had just started trying to write something like that, it would probably turn into something. Yeah. But I don't know that I really have, like, I, I mean, I've given a long form answer, but I don't know if I have a solid reasoning for why I doubt my stuff so much. I think it ties back to a lot of stuff we're saying that I've already mentioned, but also like, you know, if I want to get somewhere with this, like it has to be good or yeah. the, and I think that's, I've been trying to, I've talked about this so many times of just trying to break down the barriers to entry with my stuff. Yeah. And it's so, so hard to like, just like, trying to film something and yeah. like i'm like well it would be kind of cool to shoot this in black and white and then i'm like okay well <clears throat> what are people's recommendations for that do i still need to color grade with that mm -hmm. and they're like you should definitely still color grade black and white and i'm like well, i don't want to fucking learn how to color grade right now and i especially don't really want to do it if it's in black and white but then all these people are like oh well you should if you're going to do black and white you should shoot in color and then you should have a monitor that will show you the black and white so that you can actually see what it looks like i'm like you fucking kidding me i don't have money to buy a monitor right. to like attach to my camera and bring around so then you're like you know what why don't i just fucking shoot the project and see what happens that's that's what i've been trying to do it's been and i think that's been going a lot better i'm trying not to worry about like you know i'm like worst case i'm shooting it in color but like I'm like, worst case, if I decide I want it in black and white and you can't fucking see a shot in black and white, I'm like, whatever, I just won't do black and white. Like, it's not, but it's, 
I'm trying to move more into that realm, but I think I just, for some reason, I'm too concerned about, I set really high expectations for what I'm doing and I am too concerned about if what I'm creating is good. And yeah. I kind of, be it's begging the same question you just asked though. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I, I'm trying to think of like, I think to some extent, like my just overwhelming confidence in my, the gardens, I like the, the core ideas of the garden are like what keeps me going. Um, and they could be completely off base. And I've even like read like, or Brandon Sanderson said something about like ideas are cheap. Execution is all that matters kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I that was like, oh no, but yeah, I was like, if ideas are cheap, like what, what am I even doing here? Like, I'm not an experienced writer. Like what makes me think that I'll be able to pull this idea off if like the idea isn't even the thing that matters or whatever. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck that sentiment. Just like the fact that you're confident about these ideas, the fact that that keeps you writing, just go with whatever keeps you writing. Like, yeah. honestly, um, believe whatever you need to believe about being successful or whatever. And that's, that's kind of the, the mindset that I got into. But it's also amazing to me that you're able to be so prolific and keep making so much shit, even though you're like also second guessing yourself so much. Because I feel like if I was in that headspace, I would not be as productive. I think part of that comes from kind of just having a lifetime of doing that with a lot of things. I that I've found certain strategies to adapt. But I also think like I think that's it's this sort of battle that I'm waging in a lot of areas where it's like I am like I feel like a highly productive person, but also a pretty anxious person. Mm -hmm. And I just, in most things, I'm kind of doing that. And um, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it has its uh, advantages and disadvantages. Like, sure. I, I think, um, and I think I've gotten way, I think college helped me a lot mm -hmm. to become like a better adjusted person in that. But, I don't know. I I think th this is the nice stab question. I guess is like the do you do you feel like you'll ever create anything of like real value to? I guess maybe value outside yourself is a harder question. I I, I don't know what you mean by value. Like I don't know if I know what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, do you think like I I think I am. With my writing, I feel like I want to move someone like sure. emotionally. And I am, if I get to my deathbed and I'm like, I haven't done that, mm -hmm. that's concerning. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Of value. Um, I don't know. I, I think that like where I'm at my most like, where the storytelling and like value to other people is most married for me have so far been very spontaneous things like running D and D campaigns is like, yeah. I just get to play. It's not that much effort. It's all fun. There's barely any like, it's like making hard work. It. Yeah. And when my players are into it, which I, right now I've been DMing a session, a campaign that's 
And so I would say that's that's valuable. Like, Certainly. well, I give these people a wonderful break. They get to escape into this fantasy world. I probably get more out of it than they do, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> like, and they're they're they have good feedback afterward, and they're like, yeah, that was really fun. You know, I had a good time. Like, wow, a story that I told them, yeah. or the story that we made together. Like, and then the other thing is, I I tell Kristen stories right before we go to bed, and just like help her fall asleep. And to me, that's valuable. You know, it yeah, might not be really valuable cool. in the same way, but. Um, and then, the, but my favorite times are when I'm able to tell a story that she kind of leans in and wants to know what happens next. And I'm just making it on the spot. I don't know where it's going, but I made this story about like, oh, there is this kid and he worked, he saved up all his money to buy this bicycle and blah, 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 blah. And like his mom was really struggling financially. So like he had this paper route, his name's Michael. And, um, so he was only able to do his paper route by saving up to buy this bike and he's able to help his mom out. And the next day the bike's gone and Christian's like, oh, what's going on? You know, whatever. And to like, to me, that magic is like why I'm doing this. Like yeah. where you're like, wait, where'd the bike go? Like who? And then you come up with the friends who like have these, their own details about them. And like, I don't know, like that, that's, that's as, let's see. So that that just that keeps me going. That keeps me like you know. It, to me, that's already has had value. I've already yeah. done things that have value, and so I, I don't worry that I might go to my deathbed and never have uh, moved anyone. Yeah, I guess in a well, general sense, I don't worry about that. Right. Really, but but hmm. I think there's a deeper level to it of like well, and the the other thing is that I okay. Where am I going with this? I I'm terrified that I'm going to get to my 30s or my deathbed or whatever, <laughs> and not have finished the garden. Like that yeah. depresses me. If I don't get this story out in whatever quality, and that's another thing that keeps me going is being like, is just telling myself that I'm writing the first draft and it doesn't have to be good in the first time around, and yeah. that I'll make it good through revising and editing. Like that helps me keep going and being like, okay, it's okay if I have this shit right now because I can come back and make it better later. Yeah. Um, the question is, are you scared that you might never create a story about that's a valuable to another person? I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just feel like I'm getting there where I'm, I'm able to, I, I think that that's going to be a, a huge thing that I'm learning and thinking about when I'm revising the garden, because I think that it's very likely that I'll get to the end of that draft and read it and be like, this isn't making me feel anything at all. And mm -hmm. I think it's just about, you know, just like any other craft, you know, if my woodworking table like doesn't stand on all on four legs or it can't hold a certain amount of weight, then I'll go back and adjust the nuts. And... But I, I guess I don't think of it as like, is this valuable or not? It's just, is it doing the things that I want it to do True. or not? Yeah. I think as much as I ask that question, like it's something I am worried about, like maybe in the back of my head a little bit in some molded form of the question. But I think I said earlier, like if I get to the end of this project that I'm working on, like this film thing, and I feel like it has done something and like move like I get to it and I'm like if this says what I wanted to say like mm -hmm. even if it's like I mean I hope it's not boring but like right. the, the, it's kind of point <laughs> the, the um it I think that will be an immensely good feeling for me and I think um yeah 
that I, I yeah I don't know the other thing is that I had this somebody came into our creative writing class and talked to us about how like the world does not need more writers like if you're writing don't be have these delusions that you're going to make the world a better place with your writing because like what maybe he didn't put it like that but he was saying basically like the world is very oversaturated with writers so if you're thinking holistically from like what value can i contribute to the world writing in it like go to service or whatever like go do like a volunteer or whatever like that's that's how you fill that need to be valuable to like society or whatever um and i think i think like the best writing does like to really change things in society and whatever but that's not personally like why i write i'm not writing to put it this way if i was if i wanted to take on something big and spend as much time uh on something to make society better then i would not be writing (laughs) that i already said that yeah and so uh it's not i'm like okay well i keep coming back to this thing i know that it's not because i want to like well okay i say that but i also am coming at it from the experience of somebody who grew up loving fantasy stories and re and watching movies and stuff and just like yeah and to me they have been such a positive thing in my life and reading a story that really takes you in and makes you escape into this world and feel entertained and have fun and you know feel sad at the right moments or whatever like that is such a gift and i would love to give that gift to somebody else so maybe uh maybe i'm getting make the magic thing happen like that yeah yeah yeah. and and so i i would say that there's a big part of my writing that's thinking about like what's somebody else going to get out of this but you know all in all it's it's more about me i think it's more you know yeah i the i remember the word the guy the word the guy used was wonder (laughs) they're just like i I think i've seen that ted talk it's a ted talk yeah yeah it's and i think i think to some extent for my own sake and just I, i think i am actually i think i'm succeeding at this decently well just trying to make myself feel wonder out of what yeah. i'm doing like, yeah 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 i think to me that's a lot more sustainable <laughs> it's not and it's not like you said it's not you're not making something for an audience you're not making something right to make like you're not getting caught up in what other people want you to do and yeah I think there's like something to be said about trying to make something more entertaining. Like I'm yes. trying to make the podcast more entertaining and like, nice. or like, but at the same time in doing so, I'm trying to make it more organic. Cause that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a place where I talk to people about ideas and don't get caught up in like entertaining people. Like I just, it, the whole yeah. point is that I talk to people about stuff that I don't always get to talk to people about. Sure. And yeah, I I don't know. It, I think that it's it, a lot of it is always coming back to that I, like that play on that idea of like searching for success, but then like the average writer is going to be a small potato, and like it's like you're going to be yeah. people will go unnoticed. But there's some like I think I struggling and also reconciling the fact that like that's like coming to terms with the idea, but then also being like. No, I'm not going to come to terms with that. I'm going to keep trying to not, like, I'm going to tr- keep trying to, like, find a way to make this a big thing, but also, like, not 
yeah. put so much pressure on it. But. I don't know that I like the words, the phrase small to potato. I don't really either, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I get what it's trying to say, but it feels too, like, demeaning, I guess. I, I agree. Or it's like, no, this, this you can be grand and wonderful and have a story that you can share with your family and, you know, they'll read it for generations or whatever and, like, not get famous or whatever for it, but still have it be this, like, it's not small. I don't know. It's not, Yeah, might not be consumed by a lot of people, but it, why does that need to make it, like, exactly. it, it makes it sound like it's less significant than it is. Yeah, I think, like, literally, I, I, you're telling Kristen stories and stuff. I I try to when I remember and stuff when it's like an event or something. I'll try to write Megan like an off the cuff story or yeah. something. It's like a little thing. Like, and I I just I don't know. I don't think there needs to be so much pressure necessarily. I this we we spend so much time talking about Joel Hayward, <laughs> and I think that's. I I am like I like a, a video I was talking about. I totally misinterpreted. I rewatched that like two years later, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I like did not really get what this was going for, right. and like I think I get it now. And I like am rediscovering kind of certain things that I love because right. of that. And I think so much of his philosophy, like I think, is a few things about sort of. It, it's all to me. It all it all feels about eliminating barriers to your creativity and like. I, I think it it's about creating habit or creating creative habits that you enjoy. Right. that aren't about getting paid for them necessarily, and like recognizing that the average person might go unnoticed. But there's like you. Sh- it shouldn't be about. It's not about getting noticed. It's about having right internal thing and. Yeah, I mean, just like woodworking, like yeah, what, what the your typical woodworker goes into their garage and works with wood because yeah, uh, it's fun, it's yeah. satisfying for them, and they're like they could get really good at woodworking, and they're not gonna get famous for it, no. yeah. but they could give things to their friends and family, and they they enjoy the wood and whatever, and they're participating in this long time skill and whatever. It's just like. Why Why is writing the thing that we all get so caught up over? And, and I think it's because there is that stage for it. Like, there isn't for woodworking. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's this. There's that performative aspect, like you said. Yeah. And um, it's like, no, why can't I enjoy writing like somebody might enjoy woodworking? Next thing you know, history is going to have, like, carved in pine. The yeah. show comes out yeah. for all the woodworkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I see what you're saying. I think... And... and, and yeah. I still wouldn't describe that guy as a small potato. No. It, yeah. Like, no, I, he's he's enjoying himself. He's making awesome sculptures. And, like, it. the better he gets at it, like, uh, I don't even know where, where I'm going with this. But he, I, I guess that's the thing. It's, like, getting really good at narrative, like, really, really good. It just transcends needing to be good at anything. Well, yeah, like who the fuck cares when I like about if people are yeah. reading my shit when I can spend a day and like make a whole other world, or like, make a whole other world, or make somebody sob about somebody yeah. that they didn't don't know. It's like, and if you reach that level, I have a hard time believing that you you won't at least be regionally like well known at or like that you'll you know your stuff's gonna get out there a little bit and and people are going to read it and 
Yeah. If yeah. you can build those kinds of stories, then you'll be known as like a storyteller. Yeah. I think that's another thing is um, the, the video is called You're Already a Filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I've also been trying to do is like, like I write shit. Like I'm a writer. You're a writer. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Like it's, I, I think there's a lot of cynicism around that. And I've been there. I've been in that. And like the, I, it's kind of crazy to think about how it's all like the discouraging stuff. And it's like, you know, yeah. have to do like, I, I, that's why I think I appreciate Joel Haver so much is there's so much encouragement and like the, that idea of, you mentioned it a while back that like, ha, like feeling about like copying or taking inspiration from people. Mm -hmm. And his thing is like so different from what I see a lot. I mean, I, there are a lot of filmmakers out there that there's like, there's no such thing as like an original idea anymore, yeah. but he i feel like puts that into practice and is like you taking inspiration people is like a natural part of the creative oh, yeah. process mm -hmm. and like if you are true to yourself you will come out with something different mm -hmm. even if you do like almost the exact same thing yeah as someone and it's like that's i think that's like the most applicable perspective of that that i mm -hmm. think is really interesting and like i think there's like malicious forms of copying but i think like probably I think if you're thinking about copying somebody and you're like, I don't know if I should do this, you're probably not doing it. It's a malicious aspect. Like, yeah. That, yeah. I, for, yeah. For me, a, a worry for a while was that I wasn't like damaged enough to be a writer. Dude, I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of a fuck that, dude. Have you seen, like, heard of, like, of course you've heard of Hemingway. Hemingway, like, I'm pretty sure was like afraid of not being an alcoholic. Like, cause he's like, I can't write if I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. I, it's like, yeah. yeah. And that's the whole comparing yourself to other people is not only like, doesn't really get you that far, but what, and the, the other thing is that there's this like idea that like, you're either a writer or you're not. And like, if you're not a writer, then you'll never make anything of value or whatever. And I think that's so bullshit. I think that most people, if they can like read decently and have you know whatever anyone anyone can write something they can yeah i mean i just think that there's a level of talent and stuff like i think that that's worth acknowledging but it's yeah. like it's not like you're either a writer or a math person or you're either a writer or you're not it's like no just fucking yeah. try it and yeah i yeah like i think it's about wanting to do it in a way exactly. like, it's like if you want to be like Cause like, I remember being in my fiction writing class, like I, like the, even the intro class, I was like, what, I got two different stories to like read and edit. And like one of them, I was like, okay, like, I feel like this is just kind of like another class for you, but like, you know, like there's still something interesting here. Like, I, I don't know for sure, but, I, but then like the other person, I was like, oh, like this is like actually a pretty damn good story. Like right. I like where this is going. It's like, that's like your level one class. Like, mm -hmm. And it's like probably ha more than half the people there haven't like legitimately tried to write any fiction. Right. And like that was, I mean, at that point, I don't think I'd tried to, besides maybe some like small screen stuff or mm -hmm. like imaginings and ideas, like I'd never tried to put something on paper. And like, right. that was a very profound experience for me because I had never had like like that much or like I had never maybe at least accepted the reassurance that mm -hmm. I had had in that, like feel like i remember there was this incident where i was in my english class i think it was the end of my english class in high school senior year like ib english mm -hmm. and our teacher decides 
The last thing I want to do in this class is I want everybody to take three minutes and talk about something you're interested in in front of the class. And it was like, honestly, I'm like, fuck, that was like such a cool thing to do. But like, I was like, I, I was weirdly profound. I, I remember I got it like I, looking back on it, I was like embarrassed thinking about this. But then I was like, so basically what I did is I got up in front of the class, like walked around the room and like sort of used my hands and gestures to like imagine up this tiny little scene I had imagined mm. taking place in a laundromat. Well, I, I like thought back on it. I was like embarrassed about it. But then I was like, wait, but all of the feedback I got from people was like insanely positive. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was like, is this just like imposter syndrome in a bottle? Like, do I actually have the capability or, to like piece something like this together? Yeah. Then I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a level of which you made yourself vulnerable. And yeah. Not a lot of you what you're cringing at. Yeah, I think so. But you're saying that that was reassuring in the, in the sense that like, wow, I felt really embarrassed about it looking back on it, but I got a lot of positive feedback. So maybe I'm just like, I do have a talent for this. And I, I think it was, um, I wouldn't even necessarily say that was reassuring. I think it was, um, it was a thing that I, I looked back on and recognized some dissonance that I didn't really understand. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a weird, like a, a, a little snapshot of what's happening in my brain and things that might not be being processed properly right. or something. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know how I got to that, but so I was just like something I think about it. I, it kind of makes me wonder, like, is it hard to be creative? Is it like, I, I feel like sometimes it's hard for me to be creative, but I think a lot of that is attached to this idea of like, I'm trying too hard to be good at it when like, if I just kind of let things happen or do, do you ever feel like you wonder how, like why you spend so much time? Like, do you ever think about like, what if I just spent all this time when I got home, like working on shit or like, I, I like, if I just like actually got myself to do these things all the time, but like, why is it so hard to like, we accept that this is like a fun, interesting thing to do, but we right. don't spend like it's like hard to get yourself to start sometimes. Yeah, it is funny. I think there's a big element of just like creative energy is a not a renewable resource or it's a, a finite resource. Yeah. So you only have so much creative energy to spend throughout the day. True. There's one thing that like I'm pretty sure about that one. Well, I don't know. I don't know that if I, I mean, I feel like. I think you can produce it to an extent, but it's not that as does, fun. That's still no, it's not as fun, and that still comes down to like base level energy. Like mm -hmm. if you don't have the base level energy to do something, it's like a good. You have to take. You have to work to get into that, and it's like, and even then, it's like sometimes you're just fucking tired. Like <laughs> that's true. Um, and so, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that just determines how fun it is versus dragging your feet through it. Neil Gaiman talks about how like some days you're just like writing and it's like just flows through you and it's magical. And then on other days you're forcing yourself to put it down each like brick by brick building this yeah. story and or word by word. And he's like, often when he looks back on the days where he had to force himself versus the days where he was just like glorious and flowed through, he can't tell the difference. Is what he said. All the writing, like he can't tell the. Is that what you mean, or like he can't tell the feeling? Difference? He can't tell the the difference 
between quality gotcha between yeah. the two and so he forced himself one day it felt glorious and amazing the next and he was like yeah it just it's the same it's the same it's it's all you and when you are in this space where it doesn't flow out of you as easily it might be yeah, there might be a difference in output yeah. but the fact that you're thinking through more analytically and being like no this word doesn't work here this word does work here like the filter is the same it's still going filtering through you and um at the end of the day like you you settling on a certain word whether it took you 10 seconds or you know 10 minutes like you would have come to that word either way i don't know yeah maybe i'm getting kind of lost in my own i no, i get you i think i think one thing for me is like on a personal element is i need to get back into revising and editing stuff like i need to I think I'm I'm hoping that when I get to what I feel like is the end of this writing project, I can be like, I'm actually going to spend significant chunks of time like working on this. Because I think that's been my thing is I've had some stuff that I get done with and I'm like, ah, like, I don't know if it's, it's hard. It's almost harder for me to get to do that than it is to write. But I, I don't know. I think. I love revising. I think I like revising more than I like writing. I think I think I actually like it more than I think I do, but I don't do it enough for some reason. Well, yeah. For me, I'm just trying to get the first draft out before I revise too much because yeah. I know that I'll spend way too long revising if I don't. And I feel like I won't know. My revising will be of a higher quality if I know concretely where the story's going, what it needs in the earlier scenes and stuff. Yeah. What... So that that idea of reaching thirty and not <laughs> being done with this, yeah, what would that mean for you? Like, how, like, what does that mean if you don't do that? That's a good question. I don't know. It just <laughs> like just picturing myself at thirty and still working on the garden just spent spent sends a spike of fear through my heart. Like, yeah. I because and it's part of it is like. Oh my God, like I've been thinking about this idea since high school, since high school, six years I've been thinking about this idea and it's coalesced into what it ha it is now. And yet, what do I have concretely to show for it to other yeah. people? I can tell people my idea and that's pretty much it. And that depresses me. And it, and it's just like, just something about the length of time and just knowing what I could have after all that time and what I actually have, like, the opportunity cost, I guess, just depresses me. And I think that, that would that's like the main thing that I would get to at that. And the other thing is like, if I can't do this in 16 years, which is how long it would be at 30, then it's like, will I ever create anything at all? Yeah. That's my fear. It's not will I create a story that's valuable. It's will I create a story at all? Yeah. Will I ever make, finish anything? What's, what's a story to you then? Well... And by that, I mean like a finishing a writing project or, yeah, yeah. Which, yes, I've finished verbal stories to other people. <laughs> and stuff, but that's, yeah, yeah. I just, I think that's a, an interesting thing to think about as well. Like, does, like, what, like, there's obviously traditional conventions within storytelling, but like, then there's like other stuff like the movie Eight and a Half that I watched in November that's like, essentially mostly just about being meta and not <laughs> really it's not really i mean in a weird way it's about nothing but it's also telling a story about it being about nothing you know the best analogy i've heard for meta stories is what it's two mirrors facing each other 
and it creates the illusion of depth but doesn't actually have anything like <laughs> in it it's yeah I, I i haven't seen that specific movie well no i think it's kind of that's kind of holds true to this but that's in a weird way it's like creating that illusion of depth that and recognizing that it is an illusion is also kind of the point of <laughs> which is like that always is the point of meta yeah, shit it's, yeah. it's like it's this weird usually meta shit like hates itself <laughs> yeah it's it's such an odd movie it's it's fun i like meta stuff at the yeah. end of the day I, and usually you get a good mind fuck out of it yeah and yeah i don't know i just i think that i've been feeling that a lot recently the idea of needing to finish something because i'm i'm like working on projects and i like sometimes i'll like look i'll finish editing a chunk or i will finish writing a section i'm like i read it or i watch it and i'm like oh my god like that actually i feel like that turned out how i want it like i'm like holy crap that's what i wanted to happen i'm like okay i need to like keep doing this (laughs) instead of just like letting it sit there well that at that point that's when i would like share with people and stuff do you mean you finish it and then achieves the desired effect or you finish a scene or i finish a scene and like that's yeah no if i'm done with it i'm gonna like put it out there nice yeah yeah the um the right well i guess like movie video stuff more so the right writing i would like to share with people (laughs) so i i get excited about sharing stuff with people i I think one big goal of mine for the garden is just getting it to the stage where i can send it out to beta readers yeah, and that will be like Christmas for me because I'm like, yeah, you finally get to see what other people have to say about this story and comment on my ideas, and um, I and so that's something that I'm looking forward to, and I can't help myself but tell people about the idea. Like, since I, for a long time, I was like, if I t- like tell anybody, then I will lose motivation to work on it, and blah 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 blah, and then I opened up to I think Oliver first, and he was really supportive about it and helping me workshop things, and I realized. Oh, this is kind of part of it. It can be if you do it in the right way where you can tell your ideas to people and they'll tell you, oh, I'm not as interested in watching that. And, you know, I think it's dangerous because their ideas can start infecting yours. And I worry about you get paranoia about the idea not being as pure or whatever. But um, at the same time, sometimes they come up with things that are like, that's genius and that fits in perfectly here. And it's like, yeah, that's all me. I mean, making that judgment and saying, but. I needed the spark from somebody else. I think I, I don't always have the hardest time with ideas like sharing, but I think maybe that's something with my writing that's kind of the deeper fear is that I will have revised and rewritten my story and I will understand what's happening and I will give it to people and they will get it. <laughs> and I, I think that's almost the fear because I think to some extent... Well, wouldn't you want to know that before you like go out and shoot it or something or... Kind of, but I like. I feel like at that point, that's like a. There's a. There's a. You know, like, are you ma- who are you making it for? At that point. Yeah, I think about this a lot too. It's to what extent do you have the audience in your head as you're writing, and it's complicated because on some level you have to have the audience in your head, otherwise your story just doesn't fucking make sense in yeah. the first place. And so to me, it's like, I want to make sure that certain things are clear in the story without letting other people's tastes ne- necessarily infect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, there's a difference between being good at the craft and there are like some, I hesitate to say this, but like objective, and I'm doing air quotes here, uh, things that will make your writing better. And yes. then there's just purely taste stuff. And like, 
Reed, for example, when I was telling workshopping the idea with him, he was like, he he hates fantasy stories. He doesn't yeah. like magic and whatever. And so there was like some magical elements that he was like, this sucks. I don't. This is <laughs> stupid. And I'm like, well, I know that that's just you. But well, where was I going with this? Oh, thinking. To what extent do you think about your audience when you're writing? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's just a balance, and it's you take it case by case. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I'm trying to do that with this and just try to like, I've got some part of me wants to like cater, make sure that people are intrigued by it. But right. then I'm like, well, I want to make sure that I'm having fun with it. Cause like, otherwise, why would I do it? But... You know, I, I, I think I think a lot about inter- making it entertaining and immersive. And I think that there's like craft techniques and stuff that you can use to make if you make this character this much more likable by adding these moments in, then people will find them more appealing and want to know what happens next in the story. Yeah. I do think a lot about that. And and it matters to me if I make a story, if I make a scene and somebody reads it and they're like, this was boring. Then I would be like, okay, tell me why you thought it was boring and I'll try yeah. to workshop it. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that the, like some of the core ideas are for me, like some of the themes and stuff are like, this is all me like having something to say, but then the actual execution and the like, whether people care about my characters and, you know, if they actually give a fuck what happens next in the story, like that is for the audience in my mind. Like I, and I, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, I want this to be clear to the audience. I want them to understand what's going on. I want them to want to know what happens next. Like, yeah. And that's all part of the magic. And like what I said at the beginning of like, I want to be able to create that magic. Well, that's a very audience centric idea. If you think about it, if what well, my goal is yeah. to create magic in other people, then I I almost need people to tell me like, Hey, this isn't working and here's yeah. why. Um, but the impetus to create the story in the first place is all me. And I don't know. I, I guess I just think that it's a blurry enough line that it doesn't really matter. It's just, I don't know. Now I'm getting all in my own head about <laughs> maybe I do think my too much about the No. I I think like there's for me it's it's this um I think some part of writing or like making creative projects could possibly be about connection and mm-hmm. um trying to maybe I don't know about generate that connection but feel it out maybe things that I don't want to say to people or talk about all the time and um i think there's probably some level of a fear there that i will put myself on a page or on screen and and get rejected yeah and people won't connect with that and i'll be like oh i i am Hmm. as isolated as maybe i feel at times oh man (laughs) that's heavy that's really heavy (laughs) um that's the, it's not all the time that I'm feeling like that. Sure. But it is like a maybe a wavering thought that comes in sometimes. Yeah, and I think part of this is that the nature of what we're creating is very different. Um, but if I were to, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm a little bit more sure that the thing, the feelings that I'm trying to communicate, which it feels like... You're talking about putting yourself on the page and being rejected. And I think that the feelings that I'm trying to communicate are things that everybody feels. And I'm pretty sure of that already. I don't I don't think that I have the same fear of isolation. Um, because what I'm trying to write about is like 
not having control over your own actions. And I think everybody knows how hard it is to stick to a diet sometimes. And like, yeah. you know, everybody knows the feeling of having a conscious thought and wanting to do it and then being slazy about it or whatever. And that's, that's all I'm really trying to communicate with this story or like I'm trying to explore that more. And I think that, but, um, yeah, I don't know with like this deeper stuff that's like really, well, I can't imagine that you're feeling stuff that other people like don't feel at all. Like, no, no. I think, and I think that if you found other stuff that communicates the same things that you're feeling, then, then you know that if people aren't connecting to it, it's probably less a reflection on, I would think, on the fact that those feelings aren't, it's not a reflection of the feelings being universal or not. It's a reflection of how well you are able to communicate those feelings. Yeah. And, and so I think that those are things that like, well, if people reject it or if people don't connect to it, then that's just a matter of going back to the drawing board and seeing if I can communicate it in a better way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I think in a, it's a, uh, I mean, it's about, it's the execution of it in a way, but it's the execution. Yeah. And it's, it's like taking the pressure off of your own yeah. internal question. I have had a worry where I started thinking about writing stories about firefighting and stuff. And like the main character would be me because, you know, yeah. And, and then I was like thinking about myself in the framework of like how you create characters for fiction. And it's really important that those characters are, that people care about what happens to those characters. And to some extent, that's relatability and likability, though, you know, whatever. And I was like, would if I was the main character of a story, would people like me? Would yeah. people care about what happens next to me? Like, do I have the quali- the right qualities it takes to be an engaging main character? And I was like, that that was the that's the closest I think I felt to like, oh, if I put myself on the page and people don't like this, then they'll just be rejecting me. Yeah, I. I think when I'm writing, I, I really hate writing myself. <laughs> I, but I, when I'm writing or making something, I like to make something that is, um, includes like pieces of myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's because I don't, I think if it's not that, if it's not in there somehow, even if it's a thought that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. with something, it, it's, um, if, if nothing like that is in there, it's like, it's, it just doesn't come out for me. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I feel the exact same way. Putting pieces of yourself in your, I mean, definitionally your characters are a part of you. Like, yes, there have to be some kind of thought that you have, you've had before. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about all the questions I have. Do you have any, any final thoughts? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Questions for you? I don't need them, but if you want, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think we had a good conversation. I've gotten a yeah. lot to think about. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot to end it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope it was a fun time. Yeah. Don't overthink your writing process. Yeah. Everybody, have have a good have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.